Hi, and welcome to another episode of Dennis Podman, uh, a mostly Chicago Bulls podcast, and that mostly is going to get some work today as we're going to be covering the undefeated preseason Bulls, uh, the the trends. The last time we uh, spoke at y'all, uh, we had no games under our belt. Uh, the Bulls are now 4-0 <laughs> with a uh, 19.8 net rating uh, through, through the preseason, and we are also, the, the mostly part that is going to get that workout is we're going to be covering uh, and doing a quick Eastern Conference preview, um, and I'm joined today, uh, as usual, uh, by Brian Schroeder. Hi, Brian. Hello. <laughs> um, all right, so let's just get into it. I, I think that, the like I said, I wanted to start off with, uh, you know, we, we didn't have games last time we talked, uh, and now we've had four games, and the Bulls looked uh, varying degrees of uh, very good, I think it's fair to say um you know there were there are things that uh, need ironing out but i think uh every bulls fan has would probably have to say that this was better than even they could have expected even with um relatively i think high expectations among the fan base with all the talent that they they added um but uh what were your what were your sort of uh, initial observations or high level observations did you, anything really stand out to you that you wanted to hit on first or just the the thing i've been talking about with the bulls for 3 years has finally happened where they have multiple uh good decision makers like most times on the floor even on almost any lineup you're going to see there's going to be at least two guys who like should have the ball in their hands <laughs> Even if, even if that's just Zach and DeRozan, that's still better than Zach and Kobe White. No offense to Kobe, but DeRozan's yeah, a better passer. Kobe ought to be just a catch and shoot guy at this point in his career. Maybe he develops those things uh, later. Um, but and also, I just think that like Kobe as number two is unfair to him because he's just not at that level um, as an attack closeouts guy off of uh, other better players um, creating opportunities for him. Sure, I, I think that he could be uh better than he has been but when zach was the only other player that could realistically do that for him uh you know that just makes it tough to to have an offense that that is functional um i think you know i just wanted to hit some some high level stats i mentioned that the bulls were 4-0 they had a 19.8 net rating which is obviously very good they had the best defense um in the league in preseason uh third best offense they were third in assist to turnover percentage which was uh a huge difference. They had the second mm-hmm. uh, from last year where they turned the ball over. They had the most live ball turnovers in the league. They had the second lowest turnover percentage uh, in the, in the preseason. They were eighth in pace and they weren't winning just by their own hot shooting. They were only 13th in effective field goal percentage. Um, they, they forced the fifth highest number of turnovers, which fueled a lot of their transition. And I think, you know, the, the stat that really stood out for a lot of people was that they had double digit steals in every uh, game. And yes. um, so they, they just look like a completely different team in terms of how they're set up, what their strengths and weaknesses are. Um, they seem to have many fewer weaknesses than they, they did before, but their primary weakness, you know, losing the turnover battle, but, going both ways like they didn't necessarily force a lot of turnovers um last year uh at least i don't think so i could be wrong about that um but i don't remember uh, it i don't remember uh, i don't think that they were a particularly notable uh high steals team last year uh and this year obviously they they have been uh having guys get a ton of steals um and even zach uh i think averaged like uh 
two steals per per hundred during uh, the preseason, which is you know a big uh, a notable I- increase for him. And I, I thought his defense, you know, in and of itself, just looked a lot better. I guess we can I'll, I'll use that to transition to you know how the defense has actually shook out. Um, so you know I think the speculation that we had and that a lot of other Bulls fans had was that they would play Vooch in a drop um, and that, you know, maybe you would do um, switching uh, with the exception of Vooch. Uh, it's been a little bit different than that. Um, Vooch is still kind of in a drop, but he's playing up at the level of the screen frequently. And then the, they're scrambling to rotate behind him. Uh, and because they actually have, um, smart basketball players and good athletes behind him uh, that has worked to a very strong effect. Um, I don't want to get too carried away with the Bulls defense because uh, they did benefit from poor opponent shooting. Uh, I think their, their effective field goal percentage against was the second lowest in the league. Um, so in small samples, you know, you don't want to over index on that, but um, I just think that, uh, you know, the, the forcing the turnovers is, is the biggest thing. And I, and I did think that they uh, effectively contested shots in a way that, you know, maybe some of that low effective field goal percentage against is real. Um, so, yeah, I, I just think that the, their defense is not going to be the best in the league. I think that that's not a fair expectation, but I think the idea that they're going to be a bad defense is uh just seems to be incorrect at this at this stage. Um, I think the the real concern is that they uh, and that Grizzlies game showed it is when they really get mixed up with like an actual an actual creator, someone who can really just break set defenses. They're they're going to get torched. They're going to have periods where they get torched. Morant was killing them. Yeah. Um, and not like Jaron was awesome last night, but like Morant was really the guy who was breaking their defense. Like yeah. Jaron was just hitting shots, and if he does that, like, what do you do? Um, yeah. If he's if he's hitting step back three pointers, like what are you supposed to do? But Ja was just slicing them. Bain had some slice, had some who was slashing them pretty well. So like they're gonna have they're gonna have moments where they get torched. Yeah, I was just gonna say they had they had some some scenarios. I think where I saw guys get back cut. Even Lonzo, uh, that was one of the things that I you know I I you know I try to watch it a lot of the league or whatever, but. Uh, I don't know that I ever observed Lonzo's defense except for super intently um, other than to say that he had, you know, good hands and, you know, was an event creator. Uh, but some of his off ball stuff, like I, I noticed a few times where he just, uh, because he's looking for the ball. <laughs> he's aggressive. Yeah. Uh, sometimes he gets back cut or he gets just caught sleeping with his head turned. Um, and that happened a few times in the game. It, the uh, Grizzlies didn't always make them pay for it, but uh, there was a few times where uh, that definitely happened. Um, and, you know, I mean, nobody's going to be perfect on defense. Uh, and I think Lonzo is overall still a plus defender, but I, I, I noticed that. And I thought, you know, DeRozan had some really bad defensive sequences throughout preseason, um, less so in the first two games, but the first two games were against, you know, barely NBA opponents. <laughs> like, the mm-hmm. Cavaliers, like that group of Cavaliers, is not very good, and the the Pelicans, Cavaliers, you know, like, like a Cavaliers team that was art, that was like also kind of kind of shorthanded, yeah, yeah. And then the same thing with with the the Pelicans, like they didn't have Zion or Brandon Ingram, so like that's barely an NBA team at that point in terms of like overall talent level. So DeRozan wasn't bad against them, but I thought like once they played, you know, the Cavs after the Cavs had had a chance to uh, regroup a little bit. Um, 
and then playing, you know, a real team like the Grizzlies that was, you know, mostly at full strength. Uh, they, they didn't look obviously quite as good defensively, but I don't think they were bad either. I just think that, you know, they're, they're going to struggle with, uh, like you said, really creative and, uh, guards that have burst um and the other thing i think that they will struggle with just because of uh the the scheme that they're having to play because of vucevic is um guys like jaron jackson that can at the four or five spot step out and shoot threes uh you know that's one thing i think you know if i uh if i'm putting on my betters hat i think you know kelly olenic like over on threes (laughs) for the first game of the year might be a good bet because i think he's going to get some open ones um you know i still think the bulls should take care of business against against the pistons but uh i think they might be a team that gives up three pointers to to bigs and olenic is pretty good at those honestly the defense yeah, I mean, the only real concern for me is that just DeRozan just looks like shit. But yeah, that <laughs> we, was expected. We expected that. Yeah, yeah, like everybody else. Like, I mean, uh, Zach looks fine. Like Patrick looked good, but like the defense, all the, pretty much all the bench guys who were going to play minutes are capable defenders. Troy Brown is good. Alize is Alize is okay. Alize brings Alizé a lot is, of defensive value just because he hits the glass so aggressively, which is yeah, which is good. Javante has been very good. Uh, Derek Jones is a good defender. Yeah, obviously Caruso. Yeah, on Javante, uh, you know, we, we talked before the preseason started and speculated about who was going to get the start in Pat's absence, you know, whether they would shift Caruso into the starting lineup or whether they would play one of their wings. And I think you, you know, uh, mentioned Stanley Johnson. Uh, but basically they did what we thought they would do with Stanley with uh, with Javante Green. And he was yeah. uh, he was great. Uh, in the three games he started and I thought he still brought, you know, um, a pretty good spark off the bench when he came in against the Grizzlies, um, obviously got fewer minutes and wasn't playing with the starting group as much, but, um, he was kind of a, a really nice, um, you know, he just didn't get very much playing time in, in prior years or last year, um, and so it was interesting to see him get run with as that kind of Keith Bogans role that you mentioned for, for Stanley. Um, and then speaking of Stanley, he got cut today. So <laughs> prayers up for Stanley. <laughs> his long, his bull's tenure has finally come to an end, sadly. <laughs> That's right. Um, but yeah, that was, I thought that that was, uh, uh, you know, I thought it was a, an interesting choice by Billy to go with Javante, but it, it seemed like, you know, it worked out great. Um, hmm. I'll be interested to see if they, you know, think about going back to that at any point um maybe to give the bench units more scoring juice with with pat or to just get him more reps on the ball um because i think that lineup fits well together and i think pat is mm-hmm. a little bit overkill with the starting group when you talk about his scoring although he's got to stop passing up open shots which he still was doing last night <laughs> but in yeah. fairness he was coming back from an injury and then I think to the, the other thing I really wanted to hit on was from preseason was just that uh, Zach was insanely efficient uh, mm-hmm. continuing from last year. He shot over 50% on threes. Um, he shot 50 per, over 50% from the field, 90% from the line. Uh, and, you know, was just getting buckets with, with an ease that he did not have last year. Like he was still super efficient last year, but he was just hitting insanely tough shots. Mm -hmm. Um, Those shots are not going to be as tough this year. 
and uh, he seems like life is going to be very easy for him. And he also broke his uh, no four year win uh, four game winning streak <laughs> curse in the preseason. He got four wins. He he did it in the in <laughs> he did it in the Olympics, and then uh, now he's he's done it again in, in preseason. So hopefully he gets. I wonder if he's going to count that. I, I don't think he would. <laughs> well, I, I probably not. He's a competitive guy. He wants him to be in games that count, but. Uh, you know, I'm just making note that he he won four games in a row. I, I think he's going to see that happen for him in, in real games this year because I think Hopefully. the Bulls are going to be good. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, a lot of haters and losers who still think that the Bulls are are not uh, that are they're not going to be a 500 team, which is just uh, I don't understand how you you look at the talent upgrades that they made um, and the just not even just talent upgrades but fit upgrades um, because you know. People were like, oh, they lost Tice, they lost Thad. But it's like, those guys were very good for the Bulls. Um, but Thice, uh, Tice uh, didn't really play as many minutes as he would have just because of, you know, playing him with Vooch is a little bit weird. And then he mm-hmm. and Thad were kind of duplicative. And Thad and Vooch were kind of duplicative. So they just got better fits and like and increased their, ta- their talent. So I just don't understand how you look at this team and are like they're gonna win like basically the equivalent of three more games than what they did prorated from last year um and i I thought that the preseason was good evidence that that uh you know preseason doesn't mean that much but it doesn't mean nothing either like it's it's decently predictive um especially at the individual player level less so Mm. um for teams but if you're a team that's like kind of projected to be middle of the pack, there's usually pretty useful information in preseason. Well, yeah. Then there, I mean, with one thing with preseason, you were already seeing people like making a lot, a lot of uh, like, so, so the team trends, like the, the Hawks dropping from like third to like 25th in pick and roll usage means nothing because trade didn't play till the fourth game. So like that doesn't, that doesn't mean anything. Right. That's what, that's what doesn't mean anything in preseason. Other stuff. It's case by case. Yeah, I mean, I think that because teams are really trying to work in the, the things that they're going to use, uh, unless they feel pretty comfortable about where they're at, you know, I think that there was a Kevin Pelton article where he, he basically went into like how predictive is preseason. Um, and it was, it was pretty interesting. He basically said at the team level, if your team is projected by Vegas to be over 50 wins, then it's like really not very predictive at all, because basically most of those teams don't actually play their guys in the preseason because mm-hmm. they don't care. Um, but below that, uh, you know, there's useful information there. And I, I think that that is, uh, you know, that's right. And you can you can look at the things and say and, and apply context to them. So like the Bulls, the context that you might have to apply to their preseason is that they played uh, mostly pretty bad teams um, or teams with guys out. Yeah. So you have to adjust you know, that, that crazy net rating down a little bit, you know, for that. But I think it's, there's nothing to do, but to be encouraged by uh, this team. And also like setting all of the, the like numbers and all that stuff aside, this team is fun. <laughs> like mm-hmm. they are like, they play a really fun brand of basketball. Um, I, I tweeted this the other day, but the, the uh, Chicago now has two uh, basketball teams that two professional basketball teams that play a really fun brand of basketball. Uh, go, shout out to the sky, go sky, have a chance to uh, win the WNBA championship. Uh we're recording on Saturday, uh, so it's tomorrow. They'll be playing and yep. um, hoping that they uh, that they pull that off. They've been 
uh, a great watch, but the bulls are, are playing a very similar style in that they, they share the ball. They, um, you know, they have offensive threats all over the court and they're, they're getting out and running. Um, and they just do a lot of cool dunks and crazy passes and, uh, that shit is fun. So I think it's going to be, uh, a really fun season. I think it'll be interesting to see where they end up shaking out in the Eastern conference. And so I think we can probably transition now into a quick Eastern conference preview. So um, what I was uh, talking to Brian before we got on here, I mentioned that I think we'll probably focus most uh, of this on the sort of meat of the East in the, in the center, <laughs> uh, the, the sandwich, but uh, of uh, in the sandwich of the Eastern conference, like there's the top bun, which is, you know, your uh, nets and bucks. And then there's the, the teams that are still in development, I guess we'll say, mm-hmm. but the, where, where everything is interesting is I think all in that, in that middle piece. Uh, so, you know, just to get them out of the way, I think the nets there. Well, the, the two, the two, I mean, two of the three big teams in the East right now may not have a core player who may not play. So it's kind of hard to even. Yeah. I mean, speculating about like what the nets are going to look like. I mean, I think the nets are going to be great regardless of if they have Kyrie or not. Yeah. Um, they just won't be like, they won't be as overwhelming favorites without Kyrie. Um, I still think they'll be pretty solid favorites, just because James Harden and Kevin Durant are amazing. Um, and and the, and they 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 have a better. I said this when they made this team, but especially this year with Aldridge coming back, with Millsap there, with guys like like they drafted decently. So like they have a more behind those guys than like the early Heat did. Oh yeah. When they just had like when they were playing like Mike Miller 35 minutes a game. Um cuz yeah, like Millsap's still solid, Penny Mills is good. Uh like Joe Harris is solid. And Cam, is I mean Cam Thomas is probably not going to be good, but he'll be able to get you buckets uh mm-hmm. even like as a rookie. Um so yeah, I mean they they've done Nick a really Claxton good is Nick Claxton is good, Bruce Brown is good. Like they've done a lot of marginal yeah, pretty stuff. Yeah, all of their role guys are good. Like all like I don't, I think they have like the advantage of having like some of the, uh, obviously the, one of the best duos in the league with Harden and, and KD. But on top of that, like they have the, um, the principle that like, I think is underrated by fans every year is like, if you have a team that has no bad players on it, you're going to win a lot of regular season games. Mm-hmm. Um, just because like, even if you have injuries or, uh, you need to rest guys or whatever, like if, if you're, if you're end of rotation, like end of you know, the bench guys can still come in and be productive, like solid players uh, that, you know, you, you chew up in a lot of like uh, bad teams and rack up a lot of wins that way. So they have like the top end talent and they have the depth. So I, even without Kyrie, I think they're just going to be really, really good. Um, mm-hmm. I think that obviously um, Milwaukee is, you know, Milwaukee is interesting, at least from like a, to me from a win totals perspective, because I could see them just, not caring that much because they won the championship and like yeah. the biggest thing for them is keeping their guys healthy. But also Giannis is still like in the prime of his athletic career and like could just by himself uh, drag them to 60 wins because he's like, oh, I'll play like 70 games and we'll win, <laughs> you know, almost all of them. Uh, uh, Drew so- Holiday is not a player known for like t- taking it easy. Yeah. Yeah, and like they're just like in the in the uh, Bud era, with the exception of last year when they actually ended up winning the title, they have just been a team that like smashes uh, in the regular season, and um, I think that there's a good chance they'll do that again. Um, 
and then you know the I think next in the Vegas win totals is the Sixers, but they are. I don't I don't know what to think about them. Like they're projected hmm. at fifty and a half wins uh, by Vegas. That seems a little high to me, just because their vibes are t- terrible, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, like all time terrible, worst ever. Vibes. But at the same time, they they have a top five player, so yeah. I mean that's true, um, but I don't know. And I just I'm generally skeptical of Doc, but I guess that applies more in the in the playoffs than mm-hmm. than in a regular season. Um, Doc is just proven over and over and over again that he is not a playoff coach. Um, he should. Uh, he basically, you know, should thank Tom Thibodeau and Kevin Garnett every day that he continues to get to be an NBA head coach because I think that's most of the reason why. Um, that and he's very good with the media. He's a politician. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't really know what to think about the Sixers. I, you know, they, they've had some moments where they looked really good in the preseason just without even having Ben Simmons there just by its putting a bunch of shooters um, around uh, Embiid and letting him cook. Like that's a formula that wins and will still win in the regular season. I think even without Ben Simmons, I saw a lot of uh, Sixers fans like um, talking about all the three pointers they were able to get up and make uh, any with, you know, without Simmons. And they were like, Oh, it turns out that if you have, you know, a dominant low post presence, uh, you can still generate threes, even if you don't have Ben Simmons to create them for, for the team. Uh, because that was always the yeah. stat everybody pointed to with Simmons. It's like, well, he doesn't shoot threes, but he, he creates them. And it's like, well, does he, <laughs> or is that like a function of, teams being uh terrified of of Joel Embiid underneath. Yeah. Yeah, I'm honestly part at least a little bit interested if they do trade him to Sacramento or San Antonio or something like that. Like what does he look like? As like the main guy. I think it's an interesting thought, like something worth trying, I feel like. Yeah. I mean, I think um I was on a I was on a, a different podcast. Uh the it was a Sixers centric podcast uh you know ball with uh twitter user at trill trill bro dude and uh we were talking about this actually I heard and, knows ball. <laughs> um and we uh we were talking about this and you know i was saying that like if they traded him to somewhere like the pacers i could see him basically do, being like shitty Giannis and uh and you you have like miles turner to be like lesser brooke lopez um mm. like i don't know where that gets you necessarily but like that's, you know, they would probably have to rebuild their team around him. Uh, and, you know, they probably have to get rid of Sabonis, um, which you could probably get some decent stuff for Sabonis. He's mm-hmm. a good player. Um, but I don't know. Like, that's a thing that they could do. But I just don't know um, if they want to blow up their team that badly right at the start of the season. <laughs> uh, but they also have a lot of injuries. So maybe they do. And they have a lot of injury prone guys, it seems like. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Simmons, it, to me, it really Probably depends on. What's up? Said poor Brogdon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's. Just, I mean, he's got an AC joint. He's got an AC joint sprain. I've had. I've had a grade one AC joint sprain. It's. It's. It's not. It doesn't feel good, but he'll be okay in a couple weeks. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, maybe they just three. seem. They just seem kind of a little bit snake bit by. Um, hmm. You know, all of their guys seem to be hurt at the start of the season, and I don't know. Maybe that's led to more pessimism about them because their. I think their win total line has moved down a couple of different times since it opened, but. Yeah, the Sixers, Simmons, if he gets to another team, I think he'd be interesting in, in another context. I, but I just think that you really have to build around him. And I think that mm-hmm. like if it, if he's traded in season, then they're not a team is not going to really have the chance to do that. So I don't know that he'll look the greatest in you know year one of having been traded. Yeah. Uh, 
unless he goes to a team that just happens to have the right setup for him, which is like, I don't know, maybe the Pacers. I was gonna say maybe the Spurs. The Spurs would be interesting. They, I don't know, I don't know. The Spurs, I mean, they have a lot of guys, but they don't have like I guess Simmons would be the guy for them. Um, yeah. And I just, I wonder if he's good enough to be that. Um, even if you build around him the right way, like I just, it, I don't know. We, we don't know because we haven't seen it because he's been playing with a, with Joel Embiid and they just don't fit together. <laughs> On defense they do, but other than that, it's like they they don't really fit. Um, but uh, and then so the, the next team that in the Vegas over under uh, sort of projection, the Heat are projected to win forty eight and a half games, and I have been I think lower than consensus and definitely lower than Vegas on the Heat pretty much all offseason. Um, I like Kyle Lowry. I think he's great. Uh, I obviously am a huge Jimmy Butler fan. Uh, I think Bam is a very good player. But like after that, their roster gets pretty thin to me. Like unless Tyler Hero I, is actually going to be I good. think Hero will be good. Um, Duncan is Duncan is Duncan. Um, they have I think they have more interesting depth than they're getting credit for because that's always been a problem with them. Mm-hmm. They really, really like Marcus Garrett as like their bench defender guy, and I think he will play. He's a two way, so he's not going to play the whole year. But we have more days for two ways this year, I believe. Um, but they really like Yurt Seven, and they really like Max Struess. Max Struess was pretty awesome in Vegas. I think he might be ready to be basically the same as those other guys, like same as a uh, bench Duncan Robinson. I think they really like uh, they like Gabe Vincent. They they have guys. I think they think they can play 15 minutes a game, and a lot of different matchups. What I think is still interesting is that they don't have they keep there's still people like to talk about wasting a roster spot with Haslam and like sure you're doing that, but people like him. I, I'm amazed that they they're still Kaziak Paula has not been cut despite being terrible for three years. He's all, he's a bad basketball player. Like he's not good. Yeah. And I'm really, I really don't understand why he's still around. No matter, but. no matter how much, uh, Nikias Duncan likes KZ. KZ is bad. <laughs> he always talks about him on the dunker spot, uh, not to promote, promote other podcasts, but you should listen to the dunker spot. It's great. Um, he, but he, he likes KZ, but I, I'm, I'm with you. I think KZ kind of stinks. He was a third year guy at Summer League who was getting benched. Like that's bad. Yeah, that's that's what happened that's to Saku Dumbuya, who just got cut and now is a two way guy with the Lakers. The the they, they always the Lakers always have to have a Costas Adekumbo style, style guy, I guess. <laughs> um, I don't. Yeah, I don't get. I don't get anything. It's he's not good. They they're just letting him take a spot. Basically, it's it's really weird. Yeah, that's bizarre to me. Um, I think for me the skepticism with the Heat is like. Um, I'm maybe less up on uh, some of their fringier guys that uh, it sounds like you're a little bit higher on than me. Um, so well, their issue has been their issue has been for a while is just shit depth. Yeah, well, it's like also just like their their top level guys, with the exception of Bam, are both really old. Like Jimmy, um, you know, has a lot of miles on him. Uh, Lowry has even more, and Lowry Lowry took like has been not you know don't uh you you wouldn't know it from the way that uh, raptors fans talked about him for the last three years but he's been like kind of on the steady decline uh for the last couple of years um and i think he took a more meaningful step back last year and he's like 35 so i don't know like five ten guards that are 35 years old like 
that like rely a lot on uh, being super hustle guys. I don't know. I, I wonder about one, his health uh, with that. And I also just, you know, he's pretty old and he's already started to slow down a bit. I mean, he'll be better than Dragic, but that's the thing. The best thing you have to look at is that like he, he'll be playing a lot of the Dragic minutes and he's both better and more healthy than Dragic at this point. That's true. Yeah. Maybe I've been too low on the heat. Maybe Vegas. is. I, I think one of the things I'm, I'm liking about this idea of them is is it that uh, Bam does not have to be the creator like he was, especially last year. Yeah, he's City, over. Where they he's ran everything through. that role, and now he can. They can just focus on him being a scorer, more, a lot more. They can put a lot more effort into that, and he's really good at that. So it, it's yeah, yeah. If he's uh, just do, doing like uh, creation in a pinch, uh, as opposed to being like the the pro, like as opposed to them like trying to basically make him into south beach Jokic or something like mm-hmm. uh that is that is a better role for him i you know i don't think he's quite that level of playmaker um but he uh he he could be that that could be you could be right about that being more of a right-sized role for him so mm-hmm. i don't know maybe you've convinced me maybe the maybe the heater better than i think i just outside of their top five i just don't really trust um their guys but that's frankly because i haven't watched enough of them i guess um i, just, I, I think um, maybe it's the vegas totals are slightly high but i think fourth wouldn't be fourth place in the east would not be a shocking outcome for them for well me. so the thing for me though is that like i think that uh the team right behind them the hawks i think the hawks are better than them like i trust <laughs> the hawks depth a lot more um, oh, they have a lot of it yeah and um you know i obviously i think jimmy is a better player than trey um, and, but I think, you know, once you go down past the top fives or whatever, um, and even like their starting units, I think the Hawks have a very good starting unit. I think Clint Capella is like, you know, still somehow underrated. Um, <laughs> if there was like a, a third team, all defense last year, I think he probably would have been on it. Um, I just, I think he's very good. He's always been a very good player. And I, I just don't hear him talked about as like, star because he doesn't score but like defensively i think he's he's pretty aces um and then you know they have like all the wings <laughs> they, mm-hmm. you know they got big wings small wings uh any kind of wings you want and so i think that they'll weather injuries and things like that really well which again matters for um seeding and regular season win totals um so I, i'm pretty the high thing is the though the, the problem is that i think who their third best player is going to be the, like is the Andre Hunter going to be able to play? Yeah. But like, I don't know. I mean, if he's if, not their third best player, then it's Collins or maybe Bogdan or maybe Herter. And those yeah. guys, those are all good. I mean, that's a good luxury to have is those three guys. But like at a certain point, if Hunter doesn't, it can't be like the guy he looked like at the start of last year. Mm-hmm. I think they're, they're a little capped. They're a little capped out. Now there, there is another avenue to them improving. And that's with both the huge draft deals they got, but that's not something you can really predict this year, I feel like. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that uh, as much as I think he's not been necessarily the savviest in terms of asset valuation, I think it just in terms of like his drafts, his draft picks, I think that Travis Schlenk has done a really good job, uh, pretty obviously. Like um, Hunter is a very good player. It's a health question for him. Obviously, Trey is awesome. I think that Collins, where they got him, has obviously been a huge steal. 
Uh, Herder's been way better than mm-hmm. uh, you could expect at the draft slot they picked him at. Um, you know, I, I just he's done it. Oh, Neka is good. I mean, Neka wasn't wasn't really a value no. pick. He went he went where he should, but he's he would look very very good. So yeah, Yak is 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 quite good. Um, and then yeah, they got uh they got who we both wanted for the Bulls. Uh, they got Sharif Cooper at forty eight, which is insane. Um, and then who was their first round draft pick? I, I remember Jaron Johnson. Yeah, yeah, and top he, six talent, Jalen Johnson. Yeah, yeah, and he would they get him at like twentieth? That was crazy. Nineteen, yeah, um, yeah. So th- they just feel stacked to me in terms of like they just have wings after wings after wings that they can throw at you. So I just think that they're gonna, you know, rack up regular season wins unless Trey gets hurt. But like you could say that about literally every team. Mm-hmm. Like if if they're if their best player gets hurt, then they're going to suffer. Um, except for maybe the Nets, like they can weather like Katie or or Harden being out for like a couple of weeks because I think they can weather Harden being. Out. I don't know if they can weather Katie being out. Yeah, maybe not. Um, although Harden is a pretty good uh, floor raiser, I think so. That might yeah. be enough. Um, and then after that is the Celtics. The Celtics are another team like the Heat that I think I am a little bit lower on than consensus, which I don't necessarily feel great about because the Celtics have been very good for uh, a long time now, um, with the exception of last year, which was weird and COVID-y. Um, you know, they went to, I think they've in the last five years, they've gone to three Eastern Conference finals. Um, but I just, you know, I think... As much as I um, and lots of other people like to rag on Brad Stevens, um, I think he was obviously a very good coach. Um, and I think that anytime you're going from known quantity, good coach to unknown, I mean, everything I've heard about Ime Udoka is good, um, but you don't really know with new head coaches until you see it. Um, so I have a little bit of sort of skepticism built in there. And then I just, I don't think they have enough um, creation, really. Like, I think Marcus Smart is still their best passer. And, like, Smart is a good passer. But, like, I don't think that that's a great place to be if you're a team that is. They're really, they're really pushing their chips in entirely on, on, on uh, Tatum. Yeah, they're like, Jason Tatum is going to be, going to make the leap as a playmaker this year <laughs> if we're going to do anything. And I, I really like, like Tatum as a player. He's like probably a top 10 player this year, but I think that that's still a weak point of his game uh, mm-hmm. relative to everything else. So um, I'm, I'm not as high on the Celtics. I also just didn't like their their offseason that much. I don't like Dennis Schroeder. I mean, they got him for basically nothing, but. Yeah, he was like, a. they just grabbed him off the scrap, like whatever. But they're like they're um, kind of relying on him, and I also just think yeah. Josh Richardson stinks. So <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's good. They, I know that they're very happy to get Al back, and I think Al will probably be more like his old self. There, he was fine when he played for the Thunder. He just he played like fifteen. Yeah, he, you know, obviously, why would he care? Right. Yeah, I just look at their like. I think their their top eight is solid. Like you got Tatum, mm-hmm. Brown, Smart, uh, Robert Williams, Horford, Shooters. Like as a six man is okay uh josh richardson i don't think it's good Cantor is fine as a bench big not great i think i think neesmith neesmith will give good minutes yeah then you have like pritchard and neesmith i think are probably pretty yeah. okay but then it's like after that it's you got juan hernan gomez jabari parker sam hauser uh grant williams who 
I mean, I know that a lot of draft Twitter really liked him. I still think Grant. I think I still think Grant is solid. He just can't score at all. But I still think Grant is a is a is a back end rotation player. Yeah, he's very smart and he's very strong. I think they they were they were trying to. I think they were treating him like he was going to be like their starting four for a while. Honestly, I don't think that was ever. Yeah, that turned out um, to not be a great idea. I guess I, they all. They also have like a, I guess, a lot invested in Romeo Langford, uh, you know, yeah. eventually. And I, I'm skeptical about that. Like, I think he's going to be a good defensive player, but I don't know if the offense is ever. The touch does not come back to him. No, ever since he had the hand injury, he's he's not been the same guy. I'm I'm vaguely interested in what Wancho is going to look like on a, a real team again because I mean, with the Nuggets, there was there were stretches where he looked pretty competent. Yeah. Yeah, Wancho's a, an interesting kind of mystery box for them. But yeah, I mean, for them, it's I think it's just going to depend on, like, does Jalen Brown make another leap? Because yeah. he's done that a lot. He's, like, got the Jimmy Butler, Zach Levine uh, mm-hmm. work ethic thing. Um, and then if Tatum can become a, a, a better playmaker, um, or if Jalen becomes that playmaker, you know, that's a big difference too. But um, mm-hmm. Jalen's playmaking, you know, has everything else that he's worked on. I think it's tough because I think like playmaking is so tough because I think you have to work on it in five on five settings for the most part. It's yeah. really a, a hard thing to work on by yourself. Um, and so, you know, like even like insane worker guy is going to like, that's going to be like the last thing that they're able to, to sort of nail down or whatever. Like Zach is yeah. the same way. Like it, it took him a long time to um, become a, a solid playmaker. That was another thing. Uh, back to the bulls like preseason stuff. I thought Zach looked very comfortable um, making decisions in the pick and roll mm-hmm. and like trusting his teammates way more than he has in the past. And for good reason, because his teammates before were trash <laughs> and now he has I actual good really liked, I know, I know he did the, the shot looked, I mean, he wasn't hitting them, but I really liked how, how um, I guess happy to settle with Vucevic shots. The rest of the team is. Yeah. Because I think one of the things people were concerned about was was Vooch maybe getting squeezed out with the with DeRozan and 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 Lonzo and all these guys like taking shots and like they seem very happy to just have a go a, a good 20 25% of their offense just be like find a pick and pop shot for Vooch and like he's going to hit those like there's no Yeah no I mean I I thought that they I mean it really seems like Vooch is kind of the the hub of the offense for the most part mm-hmm. like he, they almost every time down the court when he's on the floor they are running some kind of like whoever has the ball runs some kind of two man game with Vooch. Um, you know, whether that's a, a, a standard pick and roll or, or dribble handoff or, you know, Chicago action or, you know, those kinds of yeah. things like they're, they're involving him almost every single time down because he is, you know, essentially a walking mismatch uh, because if you do get a switch, he's going to just bury any guard that gets on him. Yeah. Uh, and if, they don't switch uh, and, you know, he's going to step out and, and just can open jumpers all day. So yeah. I think, it, you know, it's a really smart um, design for the offense. Uh, I think Billy's done a good job with that. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I just, I, I don't see Vooch getting squeezed out at all, if anything. And he seems to be no. sort of like the focal point of the offense uh, more so than even uh, DeRozan in the half court. Uh, Cause I think we had talked about that as like, um, He's like the. Uh, I'm gonna make a lost reference. He's like the constant. <laughs> Just go down and run it through Vooch in one way or um, another. Yeah, and I think, I think we were both a little concerned with how many. I don't know. There, there seem to be a few, 
every every five six possessions they seemed to not have a, a specific plan and that was DeRozan was always just like my turn and I don't know if yeah. I like that but at the same time like there's just gonna be like he's gonna take he's gonna take those shots yeah and he's good enough that he's gonna make those at still like a decent clip you just would mm-hmm. like to see him uh, cut those down but um, and. So that the bull, we just hit the bulls and the bulls are, you know, we don't really need to preview the bulls. Their line is 42 and a half wins. Um, you know, they're after the Celtics. So, uh, and they're tied with the Pacers in the Vegas projections. So seven or eight, uh, depending on tiebreakers is where Vegas has them currently. I think they have, you know, upside to, to be better than that. Um, you know, but I, I don't think that that's an unreasonable number, uh, at all. I just think that I think that their defense, I, I said this um, on Twitter a few days ago, but I think that their defense probably ends up somewhere between 10 and 16th. Um, and I think that their offense is going to be at least top 10 with the ability to possibly be top five. And if they're top five, um, if they're top five offense and uh, a above average defense, like they're going to be better than 43 wins or 42 mm-hmm. wins. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just, you know, that's just how those numbers work. Uh, so I think the bulls, I'm a little bit higher than that on them, but you know, when you look, when you actually line up the teams that are ahead of them, it's like, it's hard to say necessarily that any of these teams is going to be, you know, worse than them. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. Pacers are at 42 and a half. We talked a little bit about them earlier, but they, uh, they have a lot of, they just seem to be, uh, snake bit right now by the injury yeah. bug. I also am interested to see how things work out with Rick Carlisle because he has a tendency to bump heads with um, point guards, and I'm interested to see if he and Malcolm Brogdon get along or if they have problems. So my question with them is: is do they think Malcolm Brogdon is the point guard, or are they just going to run everything through Sabonis, or do they think no? Do they think Karis Levert is the point guard? Oh. Well, how long is Karis is hurt too, right? How long is he out three, for? Uh, three to five weeks, apparently. Okay, so that's... And that was like a week and a half ago, so he should be playing, I'd say, by the end of the month. So he's probably out like, I don't know, a handful of games maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that'll be interesting. I mean, I think Karis is a... I think the thing that's funny about Karis is Karis has a reputation as like being a... You know this bucket getter, but really, Karis's actually good skill is that he's a really good passer. Yeah. <laughs> he's actually not he's very an advantage. Good at scoring. He's an advantage creator. Yeah, that's what he does. He, he creates he, advantages. He's like consistently like one of the least efficient volume scorers in the league, but he does pass, so that ameliorates some of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also, you know, Kar- it, It'll be interesting to see what they do. I mean, they they have uh, they have the chance to do sort of what the bulls have done in terms of egalitarian offense um, because they have Brogdon who can create off the dribble. They have Karis who can do that and they have Sabonis who can do that. So they're going to have to figure out what their hierarchy looks like um, and who they want to primarily have their offense flow through. I can't say that I watched any Pacers preseason games, so I didn't get you know a taste for that from there. And also I saw a little guys are out like we said. Yeah, I saw a little Duarte looking pretty good. Isaiah Jackson looked okay. I think Duarte will probably start while these guys yeah. are out. I mean, they, they need him to, right? They drafted him. He's 24 years old. They they drafted him to be an immediate contributor. Uh, and then they're always going to have they're going to have uh, one of the NBA's most underrated, underrated players, not the most underrated player, who I'll talk about in a minute, but TJ McConnell, who is good. 
yeah, TJ we'll McConnell. <laughs> TJ McConnell, who uh, like leads the league in steals or is right right at the top every single year. And uh, folks, I don't know if you know this, steals very valuable in the game of basketball. <laughs> More valuable than blocks, some would say. So I would I would say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think. Uh, TJ's TJ's solid. They they have like a, a pretty good roster. I just worry about the health and like, um, you know, I think that when they first got Carlisle, I and I you know knew that the Bulls were going to push all their chips in to try to win this year because they'd already done it with trading for Vooch. I was like, crap, another <laughs> another yeah. like team in their sort of like uh range uh overall in the in the league or in in the Eastern Conference especially you know, they just made a massive coaching upgrade because Bjorkren uh, seemed like he was in over his head and all of his players hated him. <laughs> and uh, I mean, Carlisle, his players might also hate him, but he's uh, better one at of the least, NBA coach. One of the least in over his head coaches in the world. Like, Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's one guy of the, is a very good coach. Yeah. Consistently has been one of the best coaches in the league. Um, so yeah, I mean that, I think that to me, I feel like, 42 and a half seems a little low for them, but just with their injury luck and stuff. Um, and also somebody's got to yeah. lose these games. I mean, I think that's the other yeah. thing is that like the East is a lot better this year. It's a lot more talented and they got, you know, some teams got coaching upgrades, some teams got talent upgrades. Um, and so it's just, you know, it's, it's hard to, to know who's going to be the team that I think a lot of it, honestly, and it, it's not like very much fun to, to say this uh, when you're, but like in terms of sorting out that morass of like teams below the top two uh, d- down to like the 11 spot um, just, just outside of the play-in. I think a lot of that's just going to come down to like which teams are healthy and which teams aren't, um, yep. which is like, yep. uh, not which very... teams are vaccinated and which teams aren't. <laughs> yes. Well, and that's the other thing. I know the Bulls aren't fully vaccinated. And I've been pretty disappointed with their beat reporters that they haven't pushed on that more. I mean, I know that. I it's... think we have a good idea of who it is. I think TBJ is probably one of them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know if he's the only one, but I think he's uh, expressed some some solidarity with uh, Kyrie that is uh, concerning, <laughs> I would say. Yeah. Um, generally in favor of solidarity, not with anti-vax uh, statements. Um, and then uh, going down the, the next team, I, I think this is a, I think this is a little, a little low for them and yeah, kind of I insulting. Um, More just because we know, we yeah, the Knicks are going to win. We're like Tom Thibodeau will win regular season games. Like, yeah, like they that. have him. They have the Knicks at forty-one and a half wins. Uh, that seems pretty insulting <laughs> they they uh wanted a much better rate than that last year I, I think their defense will be worse um just because they added Kemba Walker and uh Evan Fournier um and those guys are not really plus defenders but yeah I mean, offense Reggie is Bullock be is, way better Reggie Bullock is good but I don't know if that's that huge a thing the again with all with all tips defense even though he's changed his scheme up somewhat because he had to or else you know, he wouldn't be a coach anymore I still think it really matters like who's the big and New Orleans is going to play a lot. Mitchell Robinson will play some, even though he's, I don't think he's that, like, I don't think he's an all world defender. He's still, he's, athlet- wise, he's, yeah, he's, he's, he's super athletic and he's going to try to block everything. And Tibbs can make that work um, for 20 minutes a night or something. Uh, and then Taj is, Taj is still there. Taj will, will play defense whenever he's in. Yeah. Taj seems, I mean, t- Taj still looks physically pretty good considering he's mm-hmm. like, uh, one of the 36. oldest men in the NBA, <laughs> yeah. in the NBA now, uh, 
so yeah, I mean, 41 and a half seems a little bit disrespectful to the Knicks and disrespectful to Tom Thibodeau in specific, because uh, if there's one thing that Tom Thibodeau teams are going to do, it's uh, win regular season games. Yeah, they're going to play like they have, like they're going to try it harder. Yeah. Because he's a tryhard coach. And I, I don't mean that necessarily as an insult, but that's just what he does. He doesn't understand. Like, I really don't think he understands the idea of like saving your team for the playoffs. <laughs> no, <laughs> he definitely doesn't. Um so yeah, this, uh, Knicks, I think probably better than that. But again, somebody's got to eat these losses. Um, yeah. And I, I think that's it really depends with them on like what, how do teams react to Randall after his last after his, his breakout year? Yeah, do they start playing him for the fact that he's completely one handed? <laughs> Is RJ Barrett's shot for real? Like it looked pretty good. If he's a real yeah. shooter, that makes him a lot harder to defend. You know, how's the front court hang up? Defense hang or health hang uh, hold up like yeah I I forty one feels like the lower limit for them I like I feel like they're gonna be a five hundred above five hundred no almost no matter what yeah I just think that unless they have unless enough. everyone gets hurt like obviously yeah I mean I just think that they have enough talent and then Thibodeau like coaching everyone up um, even if they're you know even if they're having to do next man up because some guys are out uh, you know that's that's his thing that's He's a, really yeah that's a tip's thing and he, they drafted a bunch of guys like Jericho Sims is the two way guy I don't know if he'll play at all but Jericho Sims is like the Tom Thibodeau big like what yeah. do you want. He's a tall guy who jumps really high and, and contests like he's trying to break people's necks. Like he loves that. Deuce McBride yeah. will probably get some run. Uh, Grimes. Grimes looks pretty good. Look pretty good in preseason. Yeah. I was going to say Deuce was a guy that like, I know that you liked him uh, a decent amount in, in the draft. And I, I, mm-hmm. I just, in my like very cursory look at like his statistics and like where he played and stuff, I was like, why is he not like considered a better prospect? And it was like, uh, well, he's kind of small. And I was like, ah, I've seen that. He had to do all the stuff. Yeah. He, did, he had to do all the stuff he did on a team with no other offense. Like, West yeah. Virginia. So, yeah. Like, I, they were like, he's a little small and like his efficiency wasn't as good as it maybe could have been. And I was like, ah, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. He, he can, seemed like he didn't have any help. <laughs> yeah. He could shoot pull-ups and he, he really is just like kind of an advanced version of, of uh, Javon Carter. Yeah, which... he's. Um, I think he should be a, a, a useful player. I don't know like if he'll be like a plus impact guy immediately, but like he just seems like he's going to be an NBA player for like 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Knicks seem like they're getting disrespected a bit here. Um, next is the Hornets. They're at 38 and a half. I think that they were closer to the Knicks initially, but I think that them getting absolutely destroyed by the Mavericks. The other night. They look bad the whole preseason. Yeah. Like they had I a bad that, preseason. I think that, you know, Vegas is pricing in the fact that preseason does matter a little bit and they looked like absolute ass uh, that game and pretty much all preseason. So, um, you know, I, I think that Borrego is a pretty good coach. Uh, he's been consistently able to outperform uh, whatever the Vegas over under is for for whatever team he's been coaching, if he's coaching for the full year, which is not like a perfect measure of coach effectiveness, but it's not uh, the worst not, one that you could possibly use. Yeah. Um, but uh, they have not looked good, and you know they will be a fun team. I think still like they'll be a le- good league pass team because you know Lamelo is uh, just incredibly fun to watch, um, and Miles Bridges does crazy nasty dunks that everybody loves to go nuts for um i'm of course a huge pj washington guy i love again i love pj washington is the closest thing to carl landry 
now. <laughs> That's right. He just he exists. He exists to destroy mismatches. Yeah, hunts the, them down and destroys mismatches. The Brian seal of approval. He's good at two things, and he he does those two things incredibly well. <laughs> uh, he might be good at three things. He's a good passer too. Oh, that's right. Well, I just remembered you said from the the one of the previous yeah. episodes that that's your thing. Like uh, somebody that's good at like two or three things and is uh you know not doesn't really do a lot else, but is excellent at the things that they're excellent at. Um, yep. Those are the the Brian Schroeder guys. BJ is um, great. Um, I just drafted him. That's the, the real question with them. I think the real problem with the Hornets is that they just don't have any like this. Not I, when people say front court, they mean forwards. Miles is good. PJ is good. Gordon Hayward is good. Gordon Hayward, like they have one center and he fouls out. He's the most foul prone player in the NBA, and he's not even that good. He's like maybe somebody's okay. Well, people talked about like swapping out Zeller for Plumley, like it was like a wash, and I was like. I don't know about that. Zeller's pretty good, and I kind of think that Plumley stinks a little bit. Like I don't think that. I think their their idea, and I understand it, is that Zeller just has no utility with with Lamelo. Like he's not a lob guy. Yeah, and like Plumley is a pretty good athlete. Yeah, like, that's why he's still. That's why he's been around as long as he has. I just think that defensively, like that's a pretty massive downgrade because I think Zeller yeah. is a pretty smart defender, and Mason Plumlee is the guy that left Anthony Davis wide open for a three. And the- I still think he's all right. <laughs> he's all right. Like he's a mediocre defender. The real problem is he's just the most foul-prone player. Like, he fouls yeah. everybody. That's that's how he plays defense. That's the only reason he's able to be effective at all. Yeah, and like that just that's just not going to work for thirty-five minutes a game if that's what they want. And Kai Jones is not ready. I'm a big JT Thor guy. JT Thor is not ready. Vernon Carey is just a guy. Like he's not terrible or anything, but he's just a guy. Like it's, I don't really know where the center. They need they need a center. Perhaps they'll uh, maybe they'll they'll sit Lamelo for a while and they'll go get Paolo Bencaro and then they'll be fine next year. <laughs> yeah, maybe I mean that's another be... that's another thing is that they have like sneaky tank potential if things start off bad for them because mm-hmm. their timetable is such that like with Lamelo they don't really need to to be good immediately. Yeah. Um, although MJ does love to chase the end of the playoffs, or at least he did. Yeah. I think he's less not as concerned with that. Um, now. Well, I think the thing I think the thing with them always was that he didn't have his guy. Like Kemba was their guy for a while, and we all respect Kemba. Kemba was fun, but yeah, I think I, I think MJ understood like. He has his deficiencies as, as a talent evaluator and as an executive, but I think MJ, of all people understood, he's like, well, if we're not going to be good, I want some extra revenue. It's like, yeah, like why not try to make the playoffs? And I get that. If you're if you're going to top out at like 38 wins, why not go for 42 wins? Like I, I understand that. Yeah. Because how often how often does it does the te- does the 11th or 12th place team get like unless somebody messes up in the draft or you get a Rose Bowl situation, you don't get elite talent in the draft very often. So the guy you get no. at 15 is not going to be very different from the guy you'd get at 12. Yeah, I mean, it's basically like, yeah, they with Kemba, they were just, he was too good to properly tank with. Uh, and so it made sense to just chase that uh, eighth seed every year. Um, but I think Jordan is smart enough to understand that, like, Lamelo's the guy. Yeah, no, absolutely. He, was he seems smart. to be, at least. Well, he had one of the best rookie seasons, like, since Kyrie Irving, maybe, mm-hmm. um, or maybe, well, well, I guess maybe Lucas was uh, a little better, but yeah, Lucas, uh, but like he was <laughs> like, that's a different right, right there in that conversation. I'm going to, I'm going to say this. Luca was not a rookie. 
<laughs> no, he was a professional. I mean, granted, uh, Lamelo had also played eh. professionally, but it's not the same thing. He played <laughs> thirteen games, <laughs> playing yeah. in the Euroleague and, and playing uh, in Australia for a baker's dozen's worth of games is not the same thing. Hornets kind of seem like they know they could be, like you said, like a stealth tank team. And uh, any preview that has the Hornets being worse, they're better than the Bulls. I don't trust because I just think they. They don't have like Terry. We didn't even mention Terry Rozier. Terry Rozier is pretty good. Like you know, I'm not I'm not anti Terry, but you're not like Terry Rozier is not going to like. He's not changing your life. Um, I think the thing with them that will be interesting, and like he hasn't been able to to be this way since the the people of Salt Lake City cursed him uh, for leaving <sighs> them. Uh, but Gordon Hayward's health is uh, would make a difference if he was healthy. I think mm-hmm. he helps a lot, but. Um, the man is cursed. That hasn't happened for all. Yeah, <laughs> he, he left. But he was, he was still, he left he was still pretty good Lake last City year when he played. They, they they put a hex on him, and he he hasn't been able to really play uh, and not get hurt for a while. I mean, he was fine last year, but like even yeah. then, didn't he miss a bunch of games? Mm. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. I'm not I'm not really counting on uh, Gordo no. to uh, to be healthy. Then so the next team is the Wizards. I think the. This is another case of like I look at their this number and I'm like it seems a little low like they're 33 and a half wins. Um, I guess their Vegas is projecting a pretty big drop off from Westbrook to Spencer Dinwiddie, but I think their depth is better. They got KCP, they got Kuzma um, to like take minutes from guys that were probably not shouldn't have been playing <laughs> on Zay's Pazic Knicks and. Um, yeah, or even like just like Chandler Hutchinson getting yeah. like getting rotation minutes for them. Montre- Montrez Montrez will do the Montrez stuff on the bench. Gafford is a, is good. Thomas Bryant will be back at some point, so they'll have three vaguely competent big men. Rui, yeah. I guess I guess Rui is going to play. There was some stuff about him. He was gone. He just didn't show up to camp for something. So I don't know what he's going to look like for a while. Some kind of personal issue. Hmm. Um. Berton just got paid, so good for him. He seems to have checked out. Yeah, yeah he got paid like two years fussy, ago, but... and he just has like been like, "Yeah, I got my, I got my money making making shots." What's that? <laughs> it's like that's why you got paid all that money. You're just good, all right. The, the the guy they have that I think I mentioned this the most underrated, and I people misuse underrated to be like this guy is better than you think, and that's true what it means. But I I maybe under discussed nobody. Howell Neto is really good. <laughs> Nobody talks about Howell Neto. Well, let's be honest. Nobody's watching Howell Neto. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> like, that's that's the thing that, like, I mean, uh, we've talked about it a few times on, on the show, but, like, that was the thing with, like, a lot of the the speculation about, like, from national people about what the Bulls were going to look like. It's like, they're just, they have an idea of what um, DeRozan is from, like, when he was in Toronto and they were still watching mm-hmm. him play. Uh, nobody was watching those like mediocre Spurs teams and like same thing with Vooch like nobody was watching those magic teams like nobody was watching him like be part of like you know top 10 defenses under Steve Clifford Um, even though you know oh he's a terrible defender it's like well if he was like as bad as you say he is they wouldn't be able to build a good defense around him no matter how good the guys around him are Um, and like the same thing is that the same thing is true with like Howell Neto, like nobody yeah. was watching those those. Like, he had twenty five on ten of thir- ten of thirteen last night. Yeah, like he's a, he's a solid player. He's just like small and European, so people are like he's probably not very good, right? He's better than Facundo Campazzo, I think, because he's not as horrible defensively. He just doesn't do cool passes, so people don't care. 
He yeah, does people, very I, efficient people passes. People like, kind of think that uh, Faku is a, a good defender, but I think he's just more annoying than anything. Yeah. No, Faku is terrible. <laughs> he's, he's not a good defender at all. No, he's but he throws a, he does throw really cool passes. He does excellent passes. Well. Um. Uh, but yeah, the the Wizards like it's another one where, like I said, I, I think like somebody's got to eat the losses. So like Vegas has decided that the Wizards are one of those teams. But I don't know. I think thirty three and a half seems low for them. Like I just uh, they're. I feel like the the next three teams are the teams that are going to be like maybe bang all of the unders on these because I feel like mm-hmm. these are the teams that are going to be get, like just absolutely eating it. Oh, we did we have like, Toronto? We didn't have Toronto on here. Oh, I them didn't too. do Toronto. Them My too, bad. though. Yeah, t- Toronto. What was Toronto? Sorry, I'm gonna find this real quick. Um, well, while he looks it up, Toronto's problem is that they they can't score. Yeah, that's a they, really bad. Uh, that's a really bad problem for them. They. I I'm into them conceptually as a team. Like it's a fun combination of guys. Like I said, they're the only team in the. I think they're one of the few teams recently that have no six ten players. Yeah, you mentioned that on I think on the last episode. They're they're very they're just weirdly set up. Almost everyone on the team is between like six five and six nine, which is cool. Okay, well, what the source that I have for the over unders does not have uh, a Raptors number posted for some reason. So that's why they weren't on the list. I would but, smash the under whatever it is though, because they're just not going to go score. Yeah, they they have. They just OGs looked pretty good as a scorer, and I'm mm. I'm as big an OG guy as there is. I don't actually think he's going to be like a 22 a game on good efficiency guy consistently. No, like maybe and when Siakam comes back, he can he can do that more. But yeah, I mean, he was doing a lot more. Um, I think he was doing a lot more self creation stuff. I saw people, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Raptors fans posting about that. Um, in terms of like his percentage of shots that were assisted versus unassisted, there was a, a really marked difference in preseason and he was still shooting at like crazy percentages, like percentages that you like, I think he shot over 50% on threes, which is like, yeah. OG's not going to be that kind of shooter. <laughs> He's like more like a 36% shooter. Um, but like, even if you adjust for all those things, like he, he did look uh, really good um, at least as a, as a scorer. I think his, his playmaking um, is still not really there. Uh, I don't think for the that's not an that, issue for them, though. I feel like. Yeah, I mean, I guess they have enough like guys that that are decent at it. I just, they don't really have like the best. Like they don't have, really have like a number one guy that is great no. at that. I don't feel like. Um, what was Scotty Barnes? I don't. Um, I know he averaged like seven assists a game in the preseason. Scotty Barnes is not a dribble attack guy. He's a big man who can pass, and he's a terrific at that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, um, I, 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 this is probably uh, unfair, but I, I, uh, I described him as like tiny Ben Simmons, or not tiny, but smaller Ben Simmons who is happy. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, like, maybe the odds, maybe the upshot with uh, Ananabi is that he looks good enough that the Sixers feel comfortable pulling the trigger on that. Yeah, maybe. Um, I, I know that, like, I suggested that the the Sixers uh, should trade um, Ananobi or, or trade for Ananobi with Simmons and uh, Raptors Twitter collectively lost their mind at me and uh, uh, crossed. A That's who lines. it would be. It um, would be. I mean, they're like, he's the next Kawhi. We're not trading him for Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons sucks. And I was just like, well, Ben Simmons doesn't suck. He's just, you know, a frustrating player. And also, like. OG's not going to be Kawhi. Like, he's going to no. be a good player. He's not going to be Kawhi. Stop it. Um, same re- like Patrick Williams is not going to be Kawhi. No. Um, 
Patrick Williams might be Patrick. Uh, it might, might be Paul Millsap, and like that would be awesome. Patrick Williams might be OG. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If he was OG, that would be good because OG's a very good player. He's just not Kawhi Leonard. Um, because I I just think about it because it okay. So we talked about the the three packages that seem to be on the table, it, including this Raptors one. It would be the Levert Brogdon one, which I think would be interesting for the Sixers if you can guarantee any kind of health. Yeah, it's just that one. That one's tough with with health stuff, especially because yeah. Embiid is has health issues, and then those two guys are both pretty injury prone. Was it the Spurs one, which was like Thad, Derek? Was it Derek White or Dejounte? I think it was Derek White. Keldon yeah, I Johnson. It, I think it would have had to have picks. been White because I think White is a little bit better than Dejounte. That one, eh? I'm a big Derek White guy. I think he would be helpful for them. Yeah. Uh, I think the the one you really I I, I kind of think the one that Maury was looking for is some sort of OG Fred VanVleet one because that yeah that'd be I mean Fred VanVleet would be on the on the six that would be part, that would like really fit what they I mean they, they'd be they'd have a ton of little guards <laughs> with Fred and Maxi and uh, Seth Curry um, Seth Curry but like that's fine because uh, you have Joel Embiid so you can have little guards um, you don't necessarily need your point guard to be six ten. Your your other two front court players would be OG and Tobias Harris. It's like that's yeah. fine. That's You're fine. Those guys are big. Overall enough. size is is fine. And then you have Thibel and Danny Green. Shake Milton's not okay. Shake Milton's not that big. Yeah, that would be that would. I mean, I, I think that that would be a great trade for the Sixers. Um, I do think that like, I don't know. I think Masai is pretty savvy, so I don't think he want, necessarily yeah. wants to trade with Daryl Morey. <laughs> and he also he also think I think. Maxi might have to be a sweetener in that, or even Thibel, and I we'll see if the Sixers want to do that. Yeah, but yeah, I think the Raptors. The, I think the under is right for them, just because I, I they don't have, uh, they don't have enough scoring. Um, We're gonna and, see how good a coach Nick Nurse really is. Like if they, if they are like a mid high thirties win team, then he really is like a great coach. Yeah, just being able to manufacture offense with these guys, or maybe Malachi Flynn really busts out. I I love Malachi Flynn, but I don't know if he's more than a backup point guard. Yeah, it's just it's tough with him because he's to play him and Fred together is tough mm. because they're both so tiny. Um, and they're the only two guys on the team you can dribble, so yeah. it's really. And, and Fred is like not just tiny but slow. <laughs> like he's well, uh, okay. We're maybe Dragic does play. It seems like he's going to play some for them. Maybe yeah, he has something, but I just I'm, I don't trust it. Yeah, I mean Dragic has decent size, but Dragic also like injured fairly frequently at yeah. this stage of his career, and also just like not the same no guy he was athletically, and like I don't think he's particularly good defensively anymore. Um, nope. So yeah, I don't know how much he'll he would help a little bit, but like I I don't really trust him that much, and like he would alleviate the size issues that you have with playing Fred and. Um, uh, Raptors fans, high, Raptors but... fans just have to have fun with these cool new jerseys. Have a lot of weird, like Delano Banton style, like all these weird guys on the bench, and be back in Toronto. Like this is not going to be the year that they do much. I feel like, and that's fine. Yeah, I mean, if they make a trade for Ben, um, maybe they they maybe. do something. But like even then, it would probably be more of a reset and be like, all right, now it's time to build around Ben Simmons. Mm. Um, so, Which hasn't been attempted yet, so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> exactly. All right, so then now we're into the, the sort of dregs of the East. We don't have to spend a ton of time on them, but there might be some interesting, fun young guys that you might want to talk about on these teams. The Cavaliers, we saw them twice in the preseason for the Bulls. Very bad team. 
uh, added two scrap players from the Bulls <laughs> with Lowry Markkinen and uh, and Denzel. Denzel. Fucking play. No, he didn't play in the preseason. Yeah, I I I couldn't believe that he got another contract. To be honest, um, Denzel but, Denzel not being able to get minutes over Jetty Osman and Dylan Windler is the death knell of his career. Sorry to say. Yeah, only personal against Denzel. It's just not he's not an NBA player. He he was already on the the edges of it, and then he blew his knee up. His knee fell apart, and he's even slower. And it's like there's just nothing. Yeah, yeah. He's. I mean, he he did a, occasionally would do a cool pass, and he would you know was, was for a while a pretty good three point shooter, and then like last year his shot like abandoned him mm. uh, at a certain point, and also he just would take really stupid shots. Uh, I think the real intrigue with the Cavs. Sexton is where he is. Maybe they trade him. Maybe the Kings get desperate. I don't know who. Well, the problem with Sexton, Sexton is like mentioned as a as a potential piece for a, a Ben Simmons trade too. Which no, I don't know that that really makes sense for the Sixers. Just because, I mean, I think Sexton would provide them additional scoring punch, but it's like he's not a very good defensive player and doesn't really pass, and that so they would have like no good passers on their team. The stuff that Sexton does is all it, already is the stuff you're you're hoping Maxi does in two years. So it's like, yeah. And Maxie's a better defender. Yeah, the intrigue for the Cavs is is seeing. I think they're real three guys until until this next draft. You want to see, you want to get Garland, Okoro, and Mobley together as much as you can. Those are like your three guys. Those are, that's your guard, your wing, your big. That you want to mm-hmm. build around. Jared Allen is, is is good. Jared Allen's competent. You know, he's he's fine. He signed a perfectly decent contract. He'll be a guy to keep them in some games. Do the Jonas Valanciunas thing for a while, but Jared, I mean, Jared Allen is he's still young. I don't think he's a building block. I think he's just a guy you have around, which is fine. Yeah. Well, he's also just like, somebody's got to take that salary, right? Cause they, mm-hmm. all of their guys are young pretty much. You um, have to pay someone. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, well, take a shot on a guy that's like in his early mid twenties and has proven to be a pretty productive NBA player for a few years now. And then really, I think the only other thing they have to figure out this season is like, who of these other this, this scraps of other guys, like anyone else, is anyone else someone we should keep? And they, they need to figure out what to do with love. You need to figure out what to do with. Well, Rubio just got there. Rubio, you don't need to figure. Rubio, hang out, be Ricky Rubio. Yeah, I mean that. In terms of like reasons to watch, uh, Ricky Rubio is always fun, mm-hmm. no matter where he is. Um, so, although I think he was depressed in Minnesota last year because like he that was like the worst year of his career. Granted, he's mm-hmm. like in his thirties now, but uh, I, I think he slipped more than. Uh, than just age. I think he was just like, yeah, <laughs> this team is, he, he seemed to really like uh, Anthony Edwards, but other than that, he just seemed bummed out by the whole situation. Maybe Love kind of rehabs his value a little and proves that he can be more of a, he can be the bench guy and he gets bought out and goes to Brooklyn. Yeah, I was going to say, how many more years does he, have, does he have left on his deal? Because like, I, yeah, that's 30 million is just, it's so much money. <laughs> Like that was the, I mean, that was the, one of the proposed things with the, the this year, next year. And it's, it's less money next year, 28.9 next year. Yeah. So I don't know, maybe they get to a point halfway through the season where they just buy him out because they've already paid him half his contract and yeah. um, He goes to the Lakers. So they can add another super old guy (laughs) that doesn't play still shoot though. I know he can still shoot. That's the thing. Yeah. Well, the late, I mean, probably, uh, I don't know if, um, yeah, the Lakers. I they're uh, interesting case because they are 
they built their identity around defense and uh they don't have any defenders left anymore (laughs) besides lebron who's old uh ad who is fragile and dwight Dwight. who is also old and is dwight trevor ariza who's old and hurt yeah trevor i don't think ariza is a plus defender anymore he's he's like super old so rounding out the rest of the eastern conference we got the the pistons and the magic do you have anything interesting or fun to say about either of those two teams uh i mean the pistons you just want to see what what's it going to look like with Cade? like what do you who's staying with Cade? that's the question for this year uh is isaiah stewart a starter probably not we'll see can killian look better he the hardware will look worse (laughs) <laughs> yeah well he had a, i mean he had a really horrible injury too that's a tough mm-hmm. one to come back from in one saving leaves so. around the defense looks awesome for him that's 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 one positive um saving leaves there josh jackson frank jackson say uh yeah. city 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 seems like a uh like he'll be around like that's a guy you're probably gonna keep around isaiah livers is around luca garza's uh the slowest player in the nba did, did he get a did he get a guaranteed deal yet or is, yeah. is he wow that he got converted from a two-way yeah that's crazy to me because he looks too slow to be in the NBA. Yeah. And in preseason, I don't think he looked particularly good. I think he scored okay, but he. I think I, I think the thing for him but... is he's going to be a guy who comes at the end of games, gets cheers, and then goes to the G League team and puts up like twenty eight points a game, twenty eight and fifteen because he's just too big. Yeah. Um. But yeah, th- this this year is all about like can, like what's Kate like? What is it going to look like? You need this is the year you got to find out who. You need to start finding out who on this of these guys you collected is staying past mm-hmm. like two years. So, um, and then I had a the question Magicker, for you about about Cade specifically, because uh, mm-hmm. obviously you pay attention to the younger guys much more than I do. Um, and you went to summer league, so did you see anything from him in summer league that like was changed your priors on him, or uh, did did he seem? as expected or was he like was he more or less athletic he seemed was... he seemed more like he lost he was thin yeah uh he was re- he was redoing his diet again apparently he was like 185 oh wow um so that made it a little harder for him to score inside even then he already had troubles with it in college but um he's like I what like he's six just... eight he, yeah he's supposed to be around 220 so i think he was cutting weight Whew, that's really underweight for him yeah rebuilding um <clears throat> But yeah, I mean, I guess he didn't look like the the sh- the, the passing still kind of looked iffy. Like he still, see- I think he's overthinking still. So yeah. we'll see. But they also had they were playing him in lineups that had Saban Lee and Killian. So yeah. it's like three point guard lineups. Like I'm not really sure what who's. So yeah, I, we'll see. Um, the shooting was incredible. He's a great defender. He uh, it looked like he was a 37 year old man. Like just demeanor wise, like he looked like. Mm-hmm. When you get like, well, see, no, I was gonna say when you get like a Michael Beasley in summer league, but Michael Beasley doesn't give a shit. If you somehow were able to put like Taj Gibson on a summer league team in like 2015, that's what it looked like. <laughs> where he's just like everyone, like he was literally just pointing to every before every play where everyone should stand and like getting pissed off. So yeah, doing basically was, what uh, the the stuff that Alex Caruso has been doing for the Bulls in the mm-hmm. in the preseason, just directing traffic um, f- from anywhere that he's on the court or if he's off the court, like yelling. <laughs> um, and then there's the Magic. I think the Magic have a lot of interesting guys. Um, it'll be interesting to see how Jonathan Isaac looks uh, coming back from injury. Uh, Faults. Yeah, Fultz, uh, Fultz has turned himself into a, like a, a decent NBA player. I mean, obviously the shot still, you know, is not what it 
uh, and will Should probably be. never, never be what it was, but, um, he, he's useful. Cole Anthony, I thought was like, he seemed like he was going to be better than he was like at the start of last year. Cause like he was taking a lot of shots comfortably that I thought like, okay, the percentages will come up just cause he seemed so comfortable taking that. And then they just never did. So yeah. I was just like, mm, well, maybe he's not as good as I thought he was going to be. Um, but I think he's got a lot of confidence. I, I, I think he, he, he still carries himself like a guy that is going to be a player at some point. So mm-hmm. I don't know how much that matters, but uh, it's just something I took note of. Um, and then Wendell, he got extended. Uh, yep. He got a, f- a, f- a four-year deal for $50 million, which I think is less than what Lowry got, which is um, funny because Impressive. Wendell is, is better <laughs> yep. than, than Lowry. But, um, you know, I guess being able to shoot gets you, uh, gets you more money in today's NBA, uh, even if you're – can't play defense at all and don't rebound the ball and are basically a seven foot wing. <laughs> but uh, yeah. And then they, um, they still got Mo Bamba. He's still kicking around. So they got uh, just a lot of just guys that could be something, but aren't anything yeah. yet. And then they have your boy, uh, Chuma Kiki, Chuma. who, who uh, I think he's going to be a, a pretty good player, but pretty much all their guys are guys that are like a couple years away from being actually yeah. like plus impact guys. So they'll probably continue to lose a lot of games, um, which is why Vegas has them to be projected to be the worst team in the East, uh, 22 and a half wins. So I think pretty reasonable. It's a pretty reasonable thing to have. Yeah. I, and I, I, what I was going to say is like with the Cavs, the Pistons and the magic, I think none of them have a ton of incentive to really try to win. So no. when we were talking earlier about who's going to eat all these wins, because there are all these, like there's so much from like the first to the 11th best team in the East is like really solid. I think now, um, I think, you know, even with the Raptors, I think they're going to struggle and they'll probably go under, but like, they're still going to be significantly better. I think just on a talent perspective than, um, than those bottom three teams. So I would be tempted to bang the under on all three of those. I'm not going to bet those because I already bet a couple. And one of them I already feel bad about, which was betting the warriors under, uh, I saw Otto Porter is not fat this year. And now I feel bad about <laughs> betting the warriors <laughs> under because <laughs> if Otto plays, he's going to be good because that's he's Otto Porter and that's what he does. Yep. Um, mentioning uh, random rotation player for a team that's not even in the Eastern conference is probably an interesting place to finish, but I don't really have any else, thing else to, to cover. Uh, I don't know if there's well, anything else you wanted to hit. When on I'm around the last word, we're always, when I'm around, the last word will always be something to have to do with Otto Porter. Listen, so <laughs> so long as you're you think here. I'm not going to mention Otto Porter, then you you don't know me at all. <laughs> Absolutely, owner of an Otto Porter jersey myself. Which which team? Wizards? The the Bulls, sir. Oh, you got you got one when he was on the Bulls. Okay, yep. I didn't I know got if you got on eBay one for like twenty five bucks. I'm gonna grab it right now. Deal. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, we're he just Brian just showed the uh, showed the jersey on on camera. It's the the home white. Uh, My two it, Bulls jerseys are a home white Otto Porter and a uh, road red Tyus Tyrus Thomas. So I'm, oh, very nice. Tyrus is one of my favorites. Uh, I can't find a good Ben Gordon still. It's not one really around. I should have got one like ten years ago. Yeah, unless you could like maybe get a custom one made, but that's you know more of that's a pain. Too much money. Yeah, yeah, I'm not too much that. money also. Got some money for my my Lonzo Ball jersey. I'm getting. Probably. There you go. That's yeah. He's he's got to be. He's he's your favorite bull now, right? Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah. Him or Zach. 
yeah, I mean Zach's fun, but I, I, Lonzo just uh, Patrick, for the things for the things that you like, like a guy that's really good at two or three things. That's Lonzo Ball. <laughs> like he's it's like genius passer. Uh, Caruso at, too. I, I, I like I'm a big Caruso guy. Yeah, hard to go wrong with any of those three guys. But but I also feel like I don't. I'm definitely not getting a Caruso jersey because I feel like having the gritty white player, uh, like right white role player jersey is just that's something a 45 year old dad does i'm not doing that <laughs> well yeah it's it's certain uh, for some people it sends a, a certain signal that maybe you don't want to be yes. sending. <laughs> yes yes um so you go the opposite way and get the lonzo ball jersey because the the, the guy that wears the caruso jersey typically not probably as huge a fan of the ball family yeah despite their similarities as players ideally I, i'm getting a patrick jersey in a year or two but i want to wait so i didn't get a justin Fields jersey yeah, Fields is going to be the guy, but yeah, um, Pat Pat hopefully doesn't get traded. <laughs> um, but uh, if they if they actually are committed to building uh, with Pat uh, going forward, getting a, a Pat Williams jersey would be pretty tight because yeah. he is also I think going to be good. Maybe not this year, uh, but I think he'll be fine this year. Yep, he looked fine. He looked good last night. So yes, he did. Um, all right, well, I'm going to wrap it there. Uh, I think that we had a, it was a pretty good uh, rundown of the Eastern Conference and, mm-hmm. um, you know, the both preseason. Excited for the actual games to start. I think I'm going to try to get a guest to do a Western Conference preview, uh, TBD, on who that's going to be. Thank you all for listening and thank you, Brian, for joining me as usual. <laughs>